Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. This is Stuart Crawford on Small Business IT Radio. Friday, August 1st. It's hard to believe it's the 1st of August already. Where's the year gone? Well, it's kind of flying by. Anyway, welcome to Small Business IT Radio for um, this Friday, our regular scheduled segment. Yesterday, we had a kind of a great special show with uh, Eric Simpson on and navigating the uh, success in uncertain economic times, which is a great show, well attended, and uh, right back at it the next day with another great uh, show. we got a great panel for him today, uh, and we're going to be talking about women in leadership and technology. But before we do that, I want to thank the folks at blogtalkradio.com for uh, having a service. It's a free service. You can go up online anytime and set up a brand new account and get uh, broadcasting on the Internet and getting your voice heard uh, throughout the world uh, if you're into that kind of stuff and creating podcasts and webcasts. And this is what uh, Small Business IT Radio is all about, to help other IT professionals and Microsoft partners and whoever else is in the world of IT uh, with some great business information on how to make our businesses better and succeed in what's left of 2008 and actually getting ready to go into 2009. So again, my name is Stuart Crawford, and I am your host for this next uh, 58 minutes or so as we discuss women in leadership and technology, and I've formed a great uh, panel of friends and, uh, and colleagues uh, in uh, in the IT space, uh, coming joining us from all corners of North America, and uh, we have uh, Allison Bowden from Dell. We have Gail Mercer McKay, who runs her own company in Burlington, Ontario, and Elizabeth Vandervelt, uh, who run, who's a business development vice president for award-winning Microsoft partner out of Montreal. So, uh, good morning, everyone, and welcome to our show. And Gail, maybe we'll just start with you. Uh, you know, you're the entrepreneur of the group here, doing your own thing. Uh, give us a quick uh, rundown of who you are and the services that you provide, and uh, and maybe where you're located and all that good stuff. Thanks, Stuart. Uh, my name is Gail Mercer McKay, and I run a company called Mercer McKay Solutions. I've been in the IT industry for between 20 and 25 years, helping emerging and technology startups get to, get going. So I've been doing that for other organizations and decided about a year ago to uh, to do it for myself and help small and uh, and emerging technology companies grow. I'm focused on the Microsoft Partner Channel, and my program is called Ready, Set, Grow, and it aligns with the uh, with the Microsoft sales and objectives um, that Microsoft has for getting their product to market. And I help organizations leverage what Microsoft has and uh, get out there a little bit faster and get some revenues into their pipe faster. And, and what all Microsoft partners need is some, somebody like you in their in their corner to help them with their marketing and sales and, and, and get the market uh, faster and more efficiently. So good morning and welcome, uh, Gail. Next to you is uh, Elizabeth Vanderbilt, who joins us from Montreal with Conamex International. Liz, uh, you've been on the show before, but for those that haven't uh, tuned in in a while, tell us a bit about yourself and uh, what you guys do in Conamex. Yeah, thank you, Stuart. Good morning, everybody. My name is Elizabeth Vanderbilt. I'm a uh, founding partner with Conamex International. Been in business since 1985. We're a Microsoft Gold certified partner, and we basically work in the SMB space. Uh, our focus is uh, outsourcing for uh, small and medium businesses that uh, find it uh, much more cost efficient and effective to use our services. Uh, we do development. Uh, we're in uh, the several sectors in uh, mobility, portals, communications, and um, Right now, we're looking forward to some of the, the new technologies, in particular uh, those around uh, collaboration that we're doing a lot of uh, work with our clients. And um, the more interesting uh, space now that uh, gas has gone sky high 
is uh, working on video conferencing technologies as well. So it's a really exciting time to be a Microsoft partner, and um, certainly very exciting to uh, be able to talk today on this particular topic, especially since we seem to have such an issue around uh, channel capacity, something, Stuart, I know you've been um, aggressively addressing with your radio show, and I'm sure we'll hear more about it in the future. Great, and good morning, Liz, and, and uh, welcome. And Allison Bowden joins us from Dell down in Austin, Texas. Allison, introduce yourself and what uh, what you do at Dell and uh, and your involvement in the IT space. You've been uh, uh, in my as long as I've known you, and a few wearing a few different hats. But tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're doing at Dell these days. Great, thanks, Stuart. My name is Allison Bowden. As you said, I do work for Dell down here in Austin, Texas. I guess I'm the only non-Canadian on the phone today. Um, I work in their Microsoft licensing space. Dell is a LAR, um, both in the U.S. and Canada and other parts of the world, and so we manage the Microsoft licensing business. I have been at Dell for about two years. Previous to that, I was with New Horizons, um, which is a Microsoft Partner for Learning Solutions, uh, for 10 years, uh, both in California and here in Texas. So for the past, I don't know, 13, 14 years, I've been working uh, with and for Microsoft, and so um, have also seen the the ebbs and flows of the number of women uh, that come into this technology field and embrace, you know, all sorts of technologies and how we can improve that. So we are very excited to get to talk about this challenge. So welcome, Allison. And, and yeah, you're, you're an honorary Canadian for, for, since uh, the party last uh, month in Houston. So you're, you're, you're good. You're good. <laughs> so, uh, you know, for the panel here, we have a, you know, I've, I'm seeing a, a little bit of a decline in the number of women that are entering the IT space, uh, not only here in North America, but I'm sure that's a worldwide stat. Allison, in your role uh, this year as the uh, the lead for Women in Leadership Technology with the International Association of Microsoft Partners, the IAMCP, what, what have you found when talking with other Microsoft partners about uh, their challenges, uh, you know, maybe attracting women into into this uh, this great uh, career that we have. Well, you know, it's really funny. I, I think more than anything, I think there's a decline in, in people going into technology overall, which is a challenge for all of us. But obviously, uh, for women, and and I think that there's a misconception. Um, out there somewhere that, that technology is harder than other career paths or um, that it's a male-dominated, you know, uh, area and, and, and that it's harder to uh, make an impact as a woman. And I think that um, just from what I've seen from Worldwide Partner Conference last week and my, my involvement in IMCP, um, the women that are involved in technology and the women that are involved in IMCP are, are strong women that have a great idea of how to improve business how to grow their business, both the, from the entrepreneurial side, but also from the executive and leadership side, or even just flat salespeople and technology folks that are working for these companies. Um, I, I think from our perspective, women in leadership and technology, um, you know, our goal is, is kind of a couple of different aspects to it. One is to embrace the women that are already there and, and, and create a, a form of community and an, and an aspect where we can learn and grow together through mentoring and things like that. But then the other piece is how do we um, try and drive younger women um, that are trying to figure out where they want to go uh, with their careers, how do we show them that technology is a great place to be and there's so many cool aspects to it and not all of it um, is challenging and there's great opportunity. But then the third and final piece is, is how do we work with the technology companies to create a, a women-friendly work environment and how do we 
um, ensure that the employers are creating opportunities for women um, that allow them to do all the other things that they have to do in their lives, you know, being a mom and a taxi driver or whatever else it includes, um, but also be able to have a fulfillment in career and technology. So, um, you know, there's a lot of work to be done, um, but we're seeing some definite interest in how to improve that. And we're, you know, we're seeing it as well. You know, as from you know, being the only uh, the male on the panel today. You know, we are also re- wrestling with those those work-life balance type uh, things that you mentioned about, uh, as especially as our wives and significant others enter into the uh, workforce. And I think it's very important to keep in mind that it, um, having a balance in those responsibilities for uh, those people in business. And Gail, maybe you can address some some of the being in business for yourself. You know, how do you find uh, the challenge around balancing your work relationship with your with your home and life relationships and, and keeping everything in check? Well, I think, you know, it's a conscious effort, first of all. I think you have to decide that you want to do that because it's very easy to get swept up in the work all the time. I have a home-based office, so it's always here if I want to always be on. But, um, you know, one of the things, one of the benefits of, starting my own business and working for myself, is I, I decided that I was going to choose the clients that I wanted to work with, and I was going to choose to work with people that were fun, that shared my work ethic, that shared my um, personal values, and so I don't work with people that, that uh, I'm not enjoying working with. And so that's, that, that really is, uh, is part of the, the whole entrepreneur side of, of um, being in business for yourself. That's fun. The other side for me is my children have grown, so I don't have the the balance the uh, the challenge of balancing children with my career anymore. I have I have other challenges, but um, but not the one with children. And and women that I know that do have the challenge um, career balance right now are really embracing the home office because the home office is giving them a lot of flexibility to work at home. As well as you know, manage manage um, activities around their kids and still get their work done. And I don't know, um, Liz and Allison, if you can comment on that, but you may have seen that as well. well. Maybe Liz, maybe you could jump in if you have any comments. Yeah, sure. I think um, Gail covered that pretty well. I think I'm still dealing with that right now with three teenagers, and I started my business and then uh, started having kids, and it was a it was a huge. Huge learning experience, and one of the only things that I can say is thank goodness that over the last, you know, uh, two decades, uh, I think more businesses, uh, more governments, if you will, have started to realize that, you know, if they're ever going to be able to maintain a strong and healthy workforce, they've had to make some some concessions and uh, create some flexibility for for women today. And, uh, you know, we're starting to see that more and more in Canada in particular. And I think, obviously, the more education that we put out there by, you know, talking about it, I think the easier it will be for the the women that do want to embrace technology as a career. Well, and and, and I can jump in, you know, working for a company the size of Dell and then what we heard from Microsoft at Worldwide Partner Conference. I think the larger organizations are probably finding a little more flexibility or, or, or a little more ahead of the curve than some of the smaller organizations. I mean, Dell is just a tremendous supporter of, of women in their organization. The number of women leaders that we have is, is phenomenal. In fact, I, I think we're probably along with Microsoft ahead of the curve on that. But, um, you know, providing flexible work hours, job sharing, you know, working from home capabilities, I mean, it's amazing to see um, 
you know, how often, you know, women are able to come and work and work around their schedules and, and all the things that encompass their daily lives. And, and, and what we need to do is figure out how to enable some of the smaller organizations to create that kind of atmosphere as well. Yeah, I think we have a bigger challenge because you've got the women that want to be in business on their own, and you've got the women that are, are part of our organizations, whether they're smaller or larger, and their challenges in some cases can be similar and also at the same time can be quite um, quite different. So I think the, the beauty of the group and the panel and the, um, the people that have joined our organization through IMCP uh, can help women uh, address all those different particular problems. And I think one of the, the more important things that we're trying to do is um, develop a mentorship, if you will, for the next generation and create a good support network so that, you know, as they start to think about what they're going to do for a career and try to grab them as young as possible, that we can start to ensure that they will have all those support structures in place so that they will be able to develop their career successfully and they won't quite maybe have to go through all the, the same trials and tribulations that we have over the last couple of decades. So at WPC, and during the panel that you uh, you guys all participated in, um, or Liz, you were taking uh, video, and uh, Gail and Allison were obviously on the panel. What uh, tactics or strategies are being used today to, to mention what Liz said, you know, get women interested in technology careers uh, at an early age? I know there was a mention of some high school stuff. There was a Microsoft initiative. Uh, maybe Allison. Uh, since you led that panel, maybe you can go first and then hand it off to whoever wants to jump in next. But what initiatives well, are out there attracting uh, these young ladies into the technology career? Well, there are, there's some really cool things. Microsoft has the students to business, right? Elizabeth, I think that's what it's called, students to business. Um, that's an opportunity for, for high school kids um, to get engaged and, and work in technology companies. But then the other thing that was really discussed a lot on the panel was DigiGirls. And... Um, DigiGirls, I think there were some groups that had done it at the junior high level, others that had done it at the high school level, which um, is kind of a day or a week. Gail, can you – I'm not sure I remember all the details, but it was bringing kids in and girls in and letting them do technology to get them excited about it. Yeah, I think there were a couple of different programs. I think they had one that was happening at a university level where they were um, paired up with um, women in IT to to talk about opportunities, and then at a – at a high school level, they came into Microsoft for a full day and got an opportunity to get hands-on in some of the labs, talk to women that have selected IT as a career, and get exposed to different um, different avenues and different venues in um, in information technology. And and I think you know what we need to get across in terms of education is that this is a really exciting time for women and particularly because we all know that there's going to be a lack of trained resources. So the competition for resources are going to be here. Maybe an opportunity to carve out a great career for yourself. And, and there is you know, so much that technology is doing that's changing the world. And what we saw and what we talked about on the panel at the um, at, uh, World Partner Conference was that the perception from women is that he was very stereotyped. And it was very much a male-dominated, um, very much an engineering type of atmosphere, not something that, that women who had the ability to do math and science really wanted to do. They were focused more on the humanity side. So if they were strong in math and science, they were tended to go into the social being a doctor or being a nurse and not really thinking about uh, computer science careers. 
And, you know, what we're seeing as we work with different Microsoft partners, in particular partners like ISVs, they're developing some unbelievably cool technologies. Uh, I'm working with an ISV right now who are de who's developing health and fitness software that's focused at, at children in the educational market and helping get children off the couch and back outside and being active again. So really, really cool things that you can do when you start to go down this, this um this road, and I think the big thing is we just need to get that education out, get that message out, and we're going to start seeing girls return to this field. I, I think something that was very interesting, I was actually a panelist at um, TechEd uh, in Orlando this year, and we, um, we had a large group of women, and we were discussing some of those same issues. One of the things that we, we tend to forget, and we have to start focusing in more, is the fact that, unlike ourselves, teens today are already hugely tech-savvy. So if you can find what turns them on, and what it seems to be right now, and Gail hit on that, is social computing, things like Facebook, Twitter, Flickr. If you can start grabbing them and start showing them how they can take that technology and turn it into careers for themselves, I think that's a, a great stepping stone into getting them involved in the, the IT industry. And that's something that um, people like Eileen Brown, who is um, you know, somebody very involved in the um, DigiGirls, and she also is working a lot with uh, a lot of the big vendors like Microsoft, Dell, uh, Cisco. She's creating these um, portals and, and uh, websites that are starting to, to pull people in. And one of the things that we thought was very important, too, is to take some of those technology-savvy girls right now, like the one that started developing templates for Facebook, and she's turned it into an actually million-dollar business, and start using some of these young mentors to actually get uh, women more excited about technology at a much younger age. And those are one of the things that I think we'll, we'll uh, be able to do going forward. So, Liz, do you see uh, a movement from traditional uh, stereotypical you know, administration, sales and marketing roles coming down the future to more of uh, you know, this type of role where social networking tools are being developed and, and women and women in technology are grasping onto some of those uh those type of uh careers now? Do you see that um, coming in the future? Oh absolutely. I mean you're you're seeing it already. The the kids, you know, they pick up something today and especially girls, whereas before, you know, you kinda of have to show them what to do. And we, we made a mistake of tending to kind of coddle them through technology. Now they're the ones that are turning around and say, Hey daddy, look what I did and, um, you know, there's more and more examples of that going on all, all the time. In fact, you know, my daughter in particular, I, I had to laugh because she was um, creating libraries and, and um, you know, putting things together for the boys and actually uploading, you know, their, their um, MP3 players and their iPods and stuff. And, um, you know, they weren't even sure how to do it initially, and she just grabbed on it in two seconds. So I think the, the tables are starting to turn, and as, as girls get more confident about it's like anything else. If you have the, the confidence and you get boosted with it, then it's just natural that that's going to, to spread like wildfire to, to other girls, you know, around you. So I think that's what is already happening, and it's starting to happen more. And the more we talk about it, the more that we make it visible. And I think that's the big key is that, you know, what uh, Allison is trying to, to do and what we will do as a, as a group on a global basis is make this much more visible. And the more that you, you see it, the more that other people think, well, particular girls, well, if she can do it, so can I. And I think that's the, the mentality that we have to build, and I think you will see four more women. I think in the gaming industry, uh, you'd be surprised at some of the companies like Ubisoft, if you go on their site, 
um, some of the people that are actually being talked about and being highlighted quite often in the technical field, on the techie side, if you will, in the gaming development are women. So to me, that's uh, an indicator that we're starting to go in the right direction, but we need to make that far more visible to the girls that are, are thinking about where am I going to go in life next. And, and for, for Gail and Elizabeth, you know, any, what, what stats do you guys have out there that have you seen over the last year or two or whatever time period that show that you know, where are we at with the number of women in technology careers uh, versus you know, recruiting efforts and how things, if there's a growth or a decline? Do you have any sh- uh, stats that you can share with us? Well, the one well, that, we've sorry. Got, sorry, sorry, go ahead, uh, We've got some of the stats that we presented in, in Houston at the WPC, and, and we found that there's a, there was a U.K. study that showed that 35% of the female students in computer science did not pursue careers, did not go on to pursue careers. Two-thirds of the women who have a strong affinity for math and science in high school and college do not go on to pursue careers in math and science. And... Um, we also found that I think um, in doc, the dot-com, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I think in uh, dot-com it was 26% of uh, IT people employed in 1999-2000 were women, which dropped to, after the dot-com bust, dropped to 19% and has never returned. So while men have returned to the field, women have not. And yeah. a lot of... A lot of the uh, stats believe, the research believes, is goes back to those initial questions you asked about work-life balance, that there was too much emphasis being put on long, long hours, working weekends, working evenings, and women just wouldn't tolerate it. Yeah, and I think one of the more startling statistics that was uh, published in Canada is that there was a 70% drop in the number of women heading into anything educational-wise in university or, or you know, specific technical colleges around IT. And that's a huge, scary statistic, in particular when we're, you know, our minds are very much on the channel capacity issue right now. And on the other end of the spectrum, where you have, you know, women that are experienced, that would make fantastic mentors, these women are still sliding out of the industry at a rate of about 15% uh, a year, and it's still continuing to grow. And I think one of the things that would be great to, to see is a, um, you know, an increase in the number of women in executive positions. You know, there is a, a publication recently where they highlighted 50 of the top women executives in, uh, in IT. But unfortunately, that's an absolute minuscule number if you look at just even the Fortune 500 companies, you know, how many women is, uh, compared to how many women, men in uh, executive jobs. And then there still comes that age-old ugly figure that still shows between 11 and 12 percent uh, wage difference between men and women in technology doing absolutely the same job. So, you know, as one guy said, he, he couldn't believe his ears when he heard that, and I think that came out of your session, Gail, was that, you know what, if they didn't pay women as much as men, it's because, as he said, they could get away with it. So, you know, I'm sure that's a rare case, but as long as that continues to go on and that those statistics get published, it tends to put a little bit of a a damper on the excitement of being in the IT industry. On the other hand, if we can get more and more women, and I think this is obviously more and more possible with the mobile technologies that we have available to us, they can carve out their own careers as, as independents. Um, I think that will, again, help to turn the, the tide in the other direction. So we have to help women um, be able to do that, get the, the training, and um, you know, give them the support thereafter. So, Liz, what are you guys doing in Montreal to attract um 
women into Condomex to as Condomex is a career path for uh, women that are in the Montreal area to come and join your company? Well, actually, that's absolutely never been a problem for us. And actually, anybody, um, this is something I started about 20 years ago uh, when we were in software development, and um, we had a couple girls in our office. The first thing I did was, you know, they came in for, for other roles, and I said, you know what, to make a healthy company, cross-training is always a good thing. So I slowly started to, you know, teach them and bring them into the software that we were developing, teach them the background on it, and then how to do the tech support and then how to work with it. They never got to the, the programming level, but they got extremely confident with the, with the tech, technology as far as the operating system, which uh, <coughs> was back DOS that time and then going into Windows eventually. But um, they started to get an affinity for technology, and some of these women have gone on to, you know, pursue careers that are completely technology-focused. Um, going forward, I, because I have my own daughter who's 15, you know, we've been working together and we've been talking with some of the other, you know, girls in our area, and I'm talking to two other women in the Montreal area about how we can get things going, like Geek Girls Dinners, which is something, again, that came out of Eileen Brown from uh, from the U.K. and some of the stuff that she's been advocating and um, tried to work on programs where we can go in and, um, you know, talk to high schools and, um, you know, talk to the younger crowd and actually get some of the girls to talk about what they've been doing with technology that will get others that haven't maybe pursued it or thought about it, um, you know, to be excited about it. And I've, you know, spoken whenever there's been opportunities to speak at high schools high schools on career days, I've never hesitated to put my name in there and, and, and talk about what I do and, um, you know, how, yeah, it's, it's never, nothing is ever perfect, but if it's something you love, um, you know, you will do well at it and the opportunity now is far more uh, exciting and far more wide open than this industry has ever offered uh, to, to everybody, not just women, uh, over the last couple of decades. So we have a great example of a smaller company in Conamax. Uh, we have a bigger company in Dell down with, with Allison. Uh, Allison, what are you guys doing? Anything you can share with us from the Dell perspective, what Dell is doing to attract uh, women across all, I guess, aspects of what Dell offers, from the system building to what you do to the partner management? And what is Dell doing anything special to attract women into uh, into their company? Well, you know, it, it's hard for me to speak for Dell overall, obviously, because I'm in one area. And, and, you know, and it's funny, I think we even talked about it at our panel session in, in, uh, at WPC. It seems to me that it's been proven that women salespeople do great in technology. Now, why they can sell it, talk to it, to, you know, get people to buy it and, and, and discuss the capabilities, um, but don't want to go into the creation of is phenomenal to me. But I think the one thing that Dell does bring that really does encourage, um, you know, uh, women, and, and even to go back to a little bit about what our panelists discussed, it, when we talk about the things that, that make jobs attractive, um, it's not just attractive to women. It's attractive to everyone. I mean, there's single moms, there's single dads, you know, there's people that have all kinds of uh, constraints in their workday, et cetera. But I think that that Dell, um, having the benefit of being a very large global organization, um, there are those things that we bring to the table. There's, there's great, um, we do a ton of uh, coming out of college doing their internships with us, um, which definitely embraces uh, the younger generation. 
Um, I know that we do a lot of programs here directly in Austin with the University of Texas. Um, I know that given the uh, capabilities for, you know, working from home, flexible work hours, things like that, um, different shifts of work, because obviously we're going 24 hours a day in all aspects of our technology from IT support to, you know, application development, et cetera, um, lends flexibility. Um, but I just think the size of our organization lends us a little bit more freedom in, in, in attracting folks because there's so many capabilities that we offer. Uh, but overall, I mean, once you get involved in Dell, we have many groups, many, many groups inside Dell that embrace women in technology and women in leadership. Um, we meet regularly. We do socials. We do fun stuff. We do trainings. We do mentoring. In fact, when I first started at Dell, um, obviously in a management role, um, one of the first things that was suggested was for me to, to grab a woman that I know that's above me on the, on the management chain and, and have her start mentoring me, and it's been a phenomenal experience, you know, learning and not only how to dive, you know, you know, navigate through Dell, but also just to navigate through an IT organization of this size. It's very complex. And so I think that the fact that I did get a mentor right when I started, the fact that, you know, the support of the women organizations inside the company and how much the organization embraces that uh, really does bring a good draw. Well, you mentioned the key uh, word that I've always been a big fan of, Allison, is, is having a mentor in mentorship. And, uh, again, part of the reason for this program is to introduce the concept to those other women that may not have heard of INCP and what women in leadership and technology is all about. And they may look at you three as being mentors for them in the industry. So, I mean, it's, just, it's how the, the torch gets passed. But maybe the alternative question over to Gail, because she's a, a solo entrepreneur that started her own business not recently. Uh, Gail, how important has uh, mentors been in your, in your career, and particularly maybe other women that have mentored you um, as you got started and as you... Uh, developed your own uh, business skills? Well, uh, mentoring's been huge, uh, absolutely huge for me. And it's never been a formal mentor program for me. It's always been informal. Um, I'm going to give credit here to a program that runs in uh, Toronto, actually right across Canada, called um, Executive Women's Network. And it's open to all women in Canada. It's a $50 membership fee, and then there's all types of events that you can attend where you meet other successful women in business and you can be mentored, and it's just a phenomenal organization. Being in IT, a number of my mentors were men, and uh, I was really appreciative of, of their insight, but I definitely, um, I definitely gravitated to successful women in the IT industry and, and uh, definitely made use of their time. I would pick up the phone and ask them for a coffee. So I would encourage young women out there who, would, who are looking for mentors or looking for some feedback to not be afraid to pick up the phone and contact women that you admire and ask them for 15 minutes or half an hour of their time, you know, once or twice a year and sit down and talk to them about your plans and just get some feedback from them. So reaching out and networking to develop your own mentoring um, network is, uh, is a great way for you to, um, to make sure that you, you keep your career on track and also that you, um, it, it, for me, it was very good about in, in boosting my own self-esteem and feeling confident about my own abilities to uh, to take a risk and sometimes to step outside my own comfort level. And Liz, how about you? Anybody that you can mention or or programs that you were involved with that helped you uh, get started and and help you develop to, you know, what uh, what you're doing today with Conamex and who you are as a, a person? 
Um, absolutely. I've had a, you know, a few people at, at Microsoft uh, Canada that have um, provided me with some very uh, key guidance. Um, I think one of the people that I very, admire very much and I've been working with is, uh, as I've mentioned before, Eileen Brown, because she, um, she has a plethora of experience and she's been building up such a huge, huge network that I've been able to you know, talk to a few of these other executives and get some, some key pointers off of them. But without a doubt, um, you know, whether you are, are uh, you know, younger or older, uh, I think there is a, a, a good, um, good lessons to be learned, not just from uh, female mentors but male mentors as well, because it also helps you to navigate through uh, the the um, corporate system, whether it's small or large. And you know, to be quite honest, um, it's still very male dominated. So understanding how you know, the, the male side thinks of, of particular issues and how they handle particular issues can be, you know, very helpful, especially when you're trying to, um, you know, make a really, really good impression and um, move up the corporate ladder. So I, I've tended to utilize both sides. And obviously um, having a very uh, strong partner with um, Robert Lesfrance, he's been, you know, he was already in executive position before, um, you know, we joined and started this company. So he was, um, you know, a key um, mentor for me when you know I got going because I was obviously very green, especially trying to to run a company for the first time as well. Something that he already had uh, experience a couple times over with. So uh, you don't be shy either way to go to and take advantage of working with both sexes. Great, thanks, Liz, for sharing. I want to let everybody know who may be listening to us uh, online that I've opened up the call-in number for any questions at area code six four six seven one six eight three seven two. If you want to dial in and ask any questions of our panel, Allison, kind of maybe flip this over to you since you're the uh, current chairperson for Women in Leadership and Technology for the IMCP. Tell us uh, what IMCP is doing to um, to enhance uh, women in uh, the technology world and also uh, develop their own leadership skills and from an all-around all you know focus of what IMCP is doing. Well, so Women in Leadership and Technology is a kind of a subgroup of the overall International Association of Microsoft Certified Partners. And obviously, you know, uh, IMCP's focus is just to embrace all partners, help all partners be able to grow, help their employees to be able to get the right training, you know, right away, make sure we have the best education, make sure we have the best opportunity to work closely with Microsoft, have all the tools that we need to impact our business and grow our revenue. And at the same time, and probably most importantly, um, avail us the opportunity to, to partner with other partners to grow our business. So when we look at the partner-to-partner -partner, uh, aspect of it, in my mind, that's where women in leadership comes in. So we take all these women that are already a part of IMCP, and we learn not only how to partner together, but how to encourage each other. Um, we are currently developing a, a women in leadership and technology site that uh, will have a link from the IMCP site. We're, we're hoping to have uh, an area for blogs, an area for, uh, you know, uh, mentoring if you want to sign up for that, white papers, uh, statistics, um, best practices, and then also even have maybe a monthly or, or quarterly educational opportunity, not only just for women, but also for those businesses that want to learn how to embrace women in technology. So, you know, we're getting going, but I tell you what, at, at Worldwide Partner Conference, the, right after our session, I mean, we had women coming up from from Norway and uh, Sweden and, and the U.K., I mean, women all over the world that really want to learn 
number one, how to grow their own careers or their own businesses. Or, you know, Gil is such a perfect example. I mean, la- year before last at WPC, she was a woman, a woman that worked for a, a company, and she came back this year uh, as the owner of her own organization. And so, you know, just that's she's such a great example for what can be done in such a short amount of time. So. You know, we're really hoping that we can pull this great group of women that are excited about getting this going uh, and really start making an impact and providing um, some clear solutions and some ideas and a place to go to learn and grow. And then at the same time, how do we as an organization either partner with Microsoft or other groups um, to encourage those young ladies that are out there trying to figure out what they want to be when they grow up um, that that technology is a cool place to be. So I, I think there's a lot of stuff coming down the pipe you know, in the, in the coming months, and, and partnering with people like Elizabeth and Gail has just been phenomenal. I mean, we all bring different aspects. We're all from different size organizations. We all have different levels of experience, um, and that's what makes us uh, such a great group of ladies. Uh, we're growing from each other, Great, and, and IMCP is in support of that. IMCP is a wonderful organization to be part of uh, for all partners. So, uh, Allison, is there a website that they can go to right now to check out, or is it just off the main IMCP website? It's off the main IMCP website, but I believe you can go to imcp.org slash WILT. However, the, the site's still in construction. I'd say if you can give us another month or so, we'll get some good stuff going. Um, but at least from um, the IMCP homepage, um, forward slash WILT, we're hoping that we can have some information that's going on today. I believe that we were trying to push to have an educational event um, in late August, early September, so we need to get working on that. So just a lot of stuff coming down the pipe, and um, just stay focused on the IMCP site, um, and as more information comes along, you'll be able to grab it from there. Great. Thanks uh, for sharing that. And, uh, Elizabeth, maybe from your side, uh, being involved with uh, the Women Leadership and Technology Group here in Canada, what uh, what things did you guys do in the last few years to really start uh, helping uh, women in technology in the Canadian market? Well, actually, the the whole movement of women in leadership and technology got started about two years ago um, when I talked to uh, John Payas, who was running IMCP Canada, and I said, I think this is something that you know would be helpful to to address. And from there, it's um, it's been a, a long process, but um, we actually started. We thought the best thing to do was to start with WPC and create a very large awareness campaign, which is what we did about eight months later when we had our first Women in Leadership and Technology session at uh, WPC uh, in Denver. And that that worked out really well, which led to the phenomenal session that we had this past year. Um, In the interim, you know, we've been working with uh, Microsoft internally to try to um, build that relationship between IMCP and, uh, and Microsoft so that we could start working with industry leaders like that and now we have the, the luxury of having uh, Allison Bowden, who's with Dell, and bringing her expertise and knowledge into, into the group and into a leadership role. And what we're doing at the Canada level, which we've been doing all along, is slowly you know, trying to create a, a program. I actually was blogging uh, on uh, women in leadership and technology, but when I took over the community and corporate citizenship role, I kind of had to let that slip for, for a little while. But uh, I'm sure we'll get uh, some other people involved in that as well. But from a Canada perspective, you know, we've been doing some some discussions and some work about trying to create an overall uh, program, and those things don't happen in a day. So it's been an, an ongoing process. What I'm very excited about now is that we have uh, Jacqueline Hutchinson, 
who is going to lead the uh, Women Leadership and Technology Group in Canada. And uh, actually, we're planning on, on meeting next week to bounce around some ideas uh, so that we can help get more involved with what uh, some of the industry leaders, in particular Microsoft, are doing around events like DigiGirls to see how we can participate, how we can advocate it, um, how we can be part of the educational process, and then also look at what we're going to do, uh, myself, Gail, Wendy, uh, Jacqueline, along with uh, Laura Gernon and Carol Trentiak, um, to do events like things that we've seen, like Geek Girls Dinners, which exists in Toronto right now, but we'd you know, like to see something like that uh, taken uh, Canada-wide. And then other events like, um, you know, Gail will remember we were having some fun talking about things, and she kind of came up with Pink Concept, and, you know, we're, we have some pretty interesting ideas that uh, we'll be talking about, and um, hopefully we'll have... Uh, our own set of um, webcasts and uh, webinars and hopefully some more blogging with yourself, Stuart, to talk about some of the stuff that we'll, we'll be doing at, at all levels. And, and I'm talking about right from, you know, getting the attention of the, the younger generation uh, right through to talking to other women executives and how we can keep them uh, involved in the, the market so that we can keep the um, channel capacity issue at bay and um, try to improve it going forward and harness some of the power of these wonderful women uh, to help us encourage the next generation to uh, to embrace technology. Wonderful. So uh, maybe we'll just go around the, the panel just one last time here for any closing remarks or anything that I may have missed. And I'll, maybe I'll start with Gail since she led the, um, the panel discussion at WPC. Uh, Gail, have I missed anything that we should be talking about uh, with women in leadership and technology here? Well, the only thing I would add, Stuart, is the focus of the event in um, in Houston was that women are good for business, and women will make your business more profitable. And that's not us talking, that's research talking. So there was a great um, study released by Calyptics last year that said organizations that have, um, a, have a 30%, I think it's 30% um, percentage of, of women in, on their board, and um, by default in their leadership team, are much more likely to be profitable than their competitors. So those are hard numbers. They don't have any correlating data to say why, but the implication and some of the, the write-ups and articles about it say it's just that because women, women really approach things differently, they bring more diversity to the team. So it's really about adding diversity to your organization so that you've got uh, more brain power, thinking outside the box a little bit more. Women tend to be um, very collaborative. Women tend to be good team players. They have strong communication skills. And, um, and, and so this is brought into a team environment. And we were, we were really, I think we were, we were emphatic in pointing out we were not talking about women. We were talking about gender diversity. So bringing women into your organization is great for business great for women, great for the overall success of your company. Well, I, I can attest to that. We've have, we've brought we've brought that 30% uh, women-to-men ratio on our management team now, and it's been great for, uh, great for our company. So we've, we've seen profit since we did that, too, so it's all, it's all good, I and mean, I can test a personal testimonial there. Allison, uh, from your side, any uh, last minute, any, anything you'd like to add before we uh, shut down the, the program today? Well, I just, you know, I think this is just so exciting. I think that, you know, as, as you know, uh, Elizabeth kicked this off a year ago and then and Gail's become involved and, and, and Wendy Callahan, the former chair through IMCP, and 
and, and myself and seeing the turnout that we had um, at our at our session at WPC and just the emails that we're getting, it, it's just, it's very exciting. And I think that it, it's, it's exciting for a couple of reasons. It's not, it more so uh, because there's a need for it. You know what I mean? I think that people are truly starting to recognize that there is a decline and how do we, um, how do we make an impact on that? How do we retain the women? I mean, another thing is just women that had been in technology, um, like uh, Elizabeth had said, she started her company and then had kids, but she stayed in the technology business. But there's a lot of women, you know, that started in technology and then went and had kids. And how do we get those women back, bring that experience back? So I just think there's, there's huge opportunity for growth. Um, it's a very exciting time, and, and we hope that everyone will um, – Stay posted and, and keep in touch with what women in leadership and technology and IMTP are doing to make that impact and uh, go from there. And uh, Liz, any last-minute comments from you? Well, I just say that um, this is the, the right organization coming in at the absolutely right time, and I would encourage anybody, male or female, that wants to get more information or to get involved to um, you know, contact Alison Bowden. Uh, you can probably reach her best, I guess, through imcp.org or Allison. Maybe you want to put your an email address out there that people can contact you at, because I think not only are there people that want to learn, there's a lot of people that want to be out there and help, and they just don't know how to to reach the masses, and yet they've got, you know, a wealth of of um, uh, knowledge and capabilities uh, that uh, you know they might want to join up with us. So, Allison, if you want to let them know how to reach us. We actually do have a Women in Leadership email address. It's W-I-L-T at IAMCP.org. So there you go. And, we actually have, and we have one in Canada as well for, if you want to reach Jacqueline, who's leading the charge for uh, Women in Leadership Technology here in IMCP Canada, and that's the same format, W-I-L-T at IAMCP.ca, and that'll get to Jacqueline. So a couple of different avenues there for people to reach. Sorry, Liz, was I, were you going to add anything there? No, I, I think that's it. I just want to um, thank you, Stuart, very much because uh, you yourself have been uh, great at helping uh, advocate this whole women in leadership and technology since uh, since we've been talking over a, a year ago about this. So thank you very much for you know helping. This is great for the small business community as well. I think there's a lot of issues for women there that uh, and men that can be uh, addressed through this uh, this organization. And uh, I look forward with uh, Allison now heading the worldwide group. Uh, to see what we can do with some of the industry leaders to to make a huge impact. I think that's going to happen over the next year. You're going to see quite an explosion of activities going on, so I'm looking forward to it. And, guys, I fully uh, believe in this um, uh, group and this organization uh, as IMCP and in the Women in Leadership and Technology uh, movement, I guess you can say, to really attract uh, women with a lot of talent. I mean, I'm sure there's lots out there that are, probably just listening to us for the first time and not even realize that there's a Women in Leadership Technology group and what IMCP is all about. So uh, it's all about uh, creating the awareness out there, and let's see what we can do to uh, first take care of the channel capacity issue because that's huge. And if we can attract women who were once in the technology business come back, that's even better, and we can attract new te- uh, women to and young girls who are just looking at technology to come and look at technology as a career. That that would only benefit uh, all of us uh, in in the business and in the, in the community. So thank you once again, everybody, for uh, for joining us, and I really appreciate you taking time out of your busy mornings. I know for Allison, it's 
you know, the end of the quarter, so she made a big investment to uh, of her time to come and help us out here. Uh, SmallBusinessITradio.com, again, is a weekly uh, podcast, webcast, done through blogtalkradio.com. We're here every week, uh, usually on Fridays. I'm not going to say every week, because sometimes things come up on Fridays that we just can't make it. But we try to uh, schedule it regularly on Fridays at noon o'clock, noon, noon o'clock, noon Eastern Time, and that's 9 a.m. on the West Coast. Uh, blogtalkradio.com uh, is the service that we use. Our website is www.smallbusinessitradio.com. Smallbusinessitradio.com is the best way to find us. And if you'd like to uh, shoot us an email, you want to have a great idea for an upcoming uh, show, you can email us at info at smallbusinessitradio.com. And we'll make sure we, uh, you know, we're always looking for great ideas and great technologies to showcase here on uh, Small Business IT Radio. Again, this show is for all small business IT professionals, but we know we kind of bleed over to uh, other uh, types of careers, uh, other markets. We've had emails from people in the transportation industry that have been inspired by what we were talking about. So uh, it is a show for IT professionals, but it, uh, you know, it, being on the Internet, it, we, it, it's endless, the opportunities that are here. So this is Stuart Crawford. We're going to sign off. Our next show, we will not have a show next Friday because I will be uh, involved in some meetings in Vancouver. But we'll be on in two weeks' time. We'll have uh, SonicWall will be on, joining us to talk about their email security and how they're taking steps to uh, lessen the amount of spam and all the other stuff that's happening uh, uh, via email. They have a great uh, email security solution, uh, very cost-effective for small business. So that will be on uh, that'll be August the 15th. We'll be on with that show. So for now, this is Stuart Crawford. We'll be signing off. Feel free to drop us an email or contact us in any way, and we'll see you in two weeks' time. 